Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Welcome back, Brewer fans, to the Brook Review Podcast. This is Craig. Joining me is Scott and Vince tonight. How are you guys doing? Hey, Craig. Hey, Scotty. Hey. Is uh, is Chad on? Uh, no, he said he had to um, celebrate the road trip um, by having, hmm. uh, you know, a little minor celebration. Might have a few beverages. Hmm. Well, all right. It's cool night. He deserves it. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's true. Put in so much. That's, that's true. Yeah, so um, the Brewers right now are first place, 13 and 9. A couple of games ahead of the, their division rivals throughout the division. And I don't know, guys. Um, I know we talked about the difficult schedule at the beginning of the season, and not only the Brewers excelling in spite of that, but they're doing it lacking their former MVP, Christian Yelich, and also Lorenzo Cain has been out with injury, and they've even missed Colton Wong for a good portion of that as well. Um, I guess what's your take on on the keys to success? I mean, what's really kind of stood out to me is the fact that it's been a, um, a combined team effort up and down the lineup. You've got contributions coming from guys that, you know, even – three, four weeks ago, we probably wouldn't be talking about or thought we'd be talking about on the show. And I, I'm thinking of guys like Billy McKinney, um, you know, even guys who, you know, we weren't really sure what to expect. A guy like Travis Shaw, I know he's come under some criticism. So, you know, just because he's got a lower batting average, but he's actually leading the team with three home runs right now. I think he's got 15 RBIs at this point. So, you know, looking at, at, at our lineup top to bottom, I think that we're a little deeper than maybe we expected going into the year. Yeah, I think on the flip side, um, you could also just look at uh, the pitching in general. I mean, not only obviously are we having absolutely dominant starts from uh, from Woodruff and Burns, uh, but Peralta's done really well. And actually, you know, we had that you know a little bit of a run there where it seemed like every pitcher was just going you know five six innings and blanking everybody or just allowing a run and just a phenomenal job by everybody in the rotation. And then I mean, on that road trip, we had. Um, it seemed like just about every reliever stepped up um, and we saw a lot more from, I mean, obviously Josh Hader is going to do phenomenal things, but um, you know, Boxberger and Fireson, like these guys were really stepping up and um, I mean, they weren't necessarily people that you would count on going into the year, uh, but here they are and just doing a great job. I thought we were just talking about the lineup, Scotty. I, well, mean, I know. I just wanted pitch. to make a counter. <laughs> the pitch, <laughs> like, no, you're, you're, you're right on. The pitching has just been absolutely incredible. And in, in our starting rotation, I mean, when you think back to, again, just a month ago, we were in spring training. I know that I think that all three of us were agreed and Chad as well on the show about, uh, you know, Freddie Peralta being a guy who should be in the rotation. But that wasn't a foregone conclusion. You know, when the team reported to camp, uh, it wasn't it wasn't a foregone conclusion that Peralta was going to be in the rotation. A lot of people pegged him to be a bullpen arm. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy so far with the results with Freddie up in the rotation. Yeah, I think he's he's done a great job. The only thing he's really got to work on is his control. I mean, way, way, way too many walks. Like, I think 
he's walking like six guys for every nine innings. So um, unfortunately, like even if you have the ability to strike out, you know, 13 people for nine innings, like Peralta is able to do, um, you're just not going to be able to wiggle off the hook that many times. I mean, you just set yourself up. And not only that, but like they always say when you have people on base and those like pressure situations, like add on you, like those pitches um, kind of add your pitch count, like um, a little bit more, like they have, have like more weight to them. He's pitching in a, <laughs> um, a good amount of jams, unfortunately, but he keeps getting out of it. So, um, well, so far so good, I guess. Yeah, and unlike in other years, you know, a guy like Freddie can kind of develop even though he is in the rotation, and uh, that's that's simply because of the dominance of Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns in the first two spots in the rotation. I mean, the pressure is not all on a guy like Peralta to just be an ace or to 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 be that guy. I think that you know, for for a number three starter, he's doing exceptionally well um, at this point. So you know, yeah, you're right, Scott. He's got to work on some control stuff. He's got. You know, he's, he has shown, though, an ability to evolve as a pitcher. Um, you know, when he came up, he was fastball Freddie. He was only throwing a fastball, and you know, sometimes he threw it fast enough to get it, you know, by major league hitters, and sometimes he didn't. But now he's a guy who's got, you know, three, four pitches that he can rely on, and it speaks to his test, to his uh, ability to adapt and to learn and to evolve as a pitcher, and he's still a young guy. So I see a ton of upside with, with uh, Freddie in the rotation. Yeah, no – you guys are hitting the nail right on the head as far as just like our our early season starting pitching has not only been historic on, on the Milwaukee Brewers front, I mean, but throughout Major League Baseball, I mean, that run to start the season, I, I think it was like nine straight games, something like that, with all of our starters went five innings and like about a run or less or something like Scott mentioned. I mean, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, and we knew our offense was going to be – an issue coming in the season and that's proven to be a point, but we are, like I said, missing a couple of key guys and a couple of our other should be key guys like Keston Hira in particular have really struggled out of the gate big time. And so the fact that we're winning in spite of that um, really is a testament to our overall pitching staff, including our, another strength, which is our bullpen, I guess another kudos to uh, JP fire Eisen, who to me at this point, looks like he's kind of solidified, his role as maybe our seventh inning guy. And then of course we've got Devin Williams set up. He actually, you know, there's a little bit of aggression with him starting off the season and it took him a while to kind of get, get his legs under him, but he's looked really good at his last couple outings. And I think he's got the eighth lockdown. Of course, Hayter's still the best closer in baseball, in my opinion. So pretty exciting stuff. Um, you know, obviously the injuries are frustrating and now we've lost Brett Anderson here for a bit, most likely because of, due to injury also. So um, I'm a little bit concerned with the Brewers overall lack of starting pitching depth. I should also point out that Josh Limboom got placed on the aisle as well. I don't know what phantom injury he came up with, but uh, definitely was not getting any outs. So, um, so there's some, well, and it, 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 it should be pointed out if we're talking about transactions too, that uh, in lieu of Lindblom and Anderson on the, in the, uh, are on the roster, they did recall Corey Ray, who made his big league debut this week, and Phil Bickford, um, who appeared in just one game last year, but would be making a second appearance when he gets into a game here this this season. Yeah, and I say Corey Ray, congratulations to him in his hometown of Chicago. Uh, he walked in his first major league at bat. I saw that. So um, congratulations to him. And again, we were kind of wondering, you know, with the, our outfield depth, just even at the major league level, you know, how, how and when Corey would see the field, but. 
I guess that depth is getting tested pretty quick. I, I know I was like, see, even had to go out of the game this weekend for a bit. Uh, so, I mean, we're really um, having to dip into our outfield depth. And like Scott pointed out, like Billy McKinney has really stepped up. Tyrone got gotten the call to and uh, done, made the most of it and is limited at bats. So I guess, you know, like you said, that depth is really surprisingly has been surprisingly good. And I'm really excited to see this team at full strength. I mean, if you look at the rest of the NL Central, we saw the, the Cincinnati Reds get off to a really hot start, but now they're sitting in the basement in the NL Central. The Cubs really seem worse than the previous years. I, I'm not too concerned about them. Obviously, the Pirates are Pirates, even though they're playing well. Um, the Cardinals still seem like our, our number one you know, competition for the division title. And I really feel that even with the addition of Nolan Arenado, we're just better than them up and down the line. I mean, just up and down the roster, especially at the top ends of our starting pitching and the back ends of our bullpen. I just think that we're a better team. I think that's the most exciting thing about seeing us, you know, wrap up the first month of season uh, in such a good position because I think our schedule does get easier. And I, I just think that in spite of the other really strong teams in the NL, like the Dodgers, Padres, and, um, you know, the other teams in the NL East, I really feel that the Brewers, this Brewer team, if they, if and when they make the playoffs, I think they're going to be a team no other team wants to play because of, I mean, there's no no other way to slice it. But we've got not, we've got at least an elite ace in our on our hands, and and, and Corbin Burns, and I would say another ace for sure, and and uh, Brandon Woodruff, and if Freddie Peralta continues his uh, progression, also you're talking about a pretty scary team to face um in the playoffs and, and, and you add on that the back of our of our bullpen and we're gonna be a great playoff team i feel well let's hope so i mean it's only april so i don't want to jump the gun on this too much there's going to be highs and lows throughout the season there's going to be a you know stretches of time where we're not playing well and, and we're going to get frustrated so you know I, I think it's good to temper expectations but certainly it's, it's exciting to see you know what this team has done in the past few weeks and uh, you know, when we were talking about the difficult schedule here in April for the Brewers, I think that we all would have been, you know, fairly happy just kind of treading water, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, a 500 start for the month, I think, would have been, uh, you know, something that we all viewed as being a, a, a pretty decent thing and would have kept us in the race. But, um, you know, as it stands, the Brewers are, are starting off the season hot in the toughest stretch, uh, on paper at least. But, again, lots of time left. Yeah, and of course we've got to keep all of our key guys healthy. And and once we get you know guys like Yellow, Craig, none of Craig, none of our key guys are healthy, besides Woodruff. Talking, and, I, was, uh, I mean, I was talking about the top of rotation type guys. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Anderson, well, but um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, any any large stretch with those guys, and of course, uh, like we pointed out this year, starting pitching depth is going to be a more more important throughout baseball than any other year, given the innings caps on most of these guys. So. I guess that's my kind of main concern because it doesn't look like Josh Lindblom is going to should is going to be or should be starting in games anytime soon for us. So that really means that we're probably going to have to dip further down into our uh, rotation depth. And we're talking about guys like Eric Lauer, who I think should be given an opportunity. And then we still have Jordan Zimmerman. It will, will be a triple A and another guy that we signed kind of went, we may not have mentioned on a previous podcast, but Zach Godley's got some nice major league experience under his belt too. Um, and then you've got some of our, of our, I guess, prospect pitchers and Ethan Small and a guy I'm really high on, Aaron Ashby. So those guys could all contribute if need be this year. So um, I feel that the, the organization has done a pretty good job of building some, if not quality, that some pretty nice 
just overall depth at the starting rotation position too. Um, but really, I think it's important to have our key guys stay healthy and uh, stay dominant as they have been. It's an unbelievably exciting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you guys were talking about Freddie Peralta earlier and how he's really kind of turned it around this year. Um, who else? Like, obviously, 2020, we made the playoffs just barely, but we had a lot of players that really may have hit their floor in 2020 or what we hope is their floor in 2020. Who is really um, showing signs of, like, who had a bad 2020, but who's really stepped up so far this year? I think without a doubt. Omar, Nar- Omar Narvaez. Yeah, absolutely, Vince. That's what I was going to say, Omar Narvaez. I, I, we were really frustrated with him as an organization. We were excited to get him, but really had a terrible last year, kind of defensively and offensively. Um, but I think he's been doing a phenomenal job on both sides this year, which is just awesome and a little bit unexpected. I, I think some people even thought Manny Pina might do a complete 50-50 timeshare with him this year due to his struggles last year. But Narvaez, I think, has shown that uh, his worth and I, I would like to even point out the fact that the catcher positioning is one of those that's probably the most underrated as and most important positions in all of sports, to be quite honest, because these catchers not only do they have to do a great job uh, defensively, mainly, and, and then focus on their hitting as well, but they really have to call the games for these pitchers and, learn, and have to know all the, the entire pitching staff, what is in everyone's arsenal, when to throw and what what counts and, and against what hitters and all this stuff. So they really, I think, are kind of like masterminds. And I think Omar Narvaez really has done a great job. Um, I think Corbin Burns even said on one of his recent start, he only shook off Narvaez one time throughout the whole start. So you really see that these guys are in sync, and you got to give Narvaez credit for that. Well, well, not only that, Craig, but you can see that the organization is, you know, becoming – more and more inclined to put their faith in, in our current catching duo of uh, Narvaez and Pena because uh, the team designated Jacob Nottingham for assignment this week. Uh, still, his, his destination is still unknown. I'm not sure if he's going to stay in the organization or not at this point. But, um, you know, the combination of, of that and David Freitas was let go earlier this year, uh, you're, you're seeing that the team has kind of centered itself around uh, keeping these two guys at the big league level. So that, that does show some faith in Narvaez. I think that there were some questions whether or not the team was even going to pick up his option um, after the 2020 season. I, I, it would have been a surprise if they didn't. But um, still, I think it was a possibility just because he had such a poor 2020. But, you know, we're, we're seeing, and, and this is, you know, the larger point is that, you know, with such a short, weird season in 2020, you really, you know, can't base much on those results, um, at least in my opinion. I, I think that you're seeing that, you know, kind of play out this year on the field. Well, and not only that, like, I mean, obviously worldwide pandemics are sort of like one of those things that you would put under like distractions. So, I mean, it is a little difficult. I mean, just like we even had like guys like Kane just being like, nope, no, 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 <laughs> this is not happening. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it, it is tough to kind of battle um, through a year, especially like a shortened one like that, like you said, but um, yeah, mitigating circumstances, I guess. Getting back to um, your question, Scott, also, you got to give some credit to Avi Garcia, too, who, uh, after signing a Jackie Bradley 
Junior, you know, basically what possibly was looking at being and also the lack of pH obviously going this year was going to probably push him into a bench role. But because of injuries and, and just basically his spring performance, he's gotten getting every day at bats and making the most of them for sure. He's had a great start to the season, too. So you really feel that if those guys start to regress a little bit, those the other guys that are injured or underperforming will step up. And I think our, our, our offense will level out quite a bit. Uh, Colton Wong is also really hot coming off the, the, the DL here. So, um, again, just nice to see contributions throughout the lineup. Um, yeah, just, just overall really excited about this team so far from what I've seen. Well, and not only that, I mean, there's obviously room for improvement even like it's, it's not like, it's not like our lineup top to bottom is just tearing the cover off the ball. I mean, we're hitting about actually as a team, I think we're hitting like two ten which is actually significantly better than the buck 90 or whatever we hit last year. But um, yeah, I mean, having said that uh, the hits have been a little more timely. You could see that we're being a little bit more patient at the plate, but um, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely room for improvement there. Just some straight, actually (laughs) Jackie Bradley Jr. Man, he's striking out an awful lot. He's not getting on base, which is not a good thing, but you know, it's early for him. You know, new ballpark, new environment. He, so, he's a he's a notoriously slow starter too. I mean, if you look at his career, just generally, I think that he's typically a guy that kind of comes on in the second half, and and usually it takes him a month or two to to really get going. So, not sure if that's part of it or not. He did sign late with the Brewers, so he did he was not in spring training when it started. So, you know, maybe that's part of it too. But he he's done this before in other years, and you know, it turned out pretty well for him. Yeah, and also he's notoriously streaky as well. So, I mean, he can go on absolute – and that's why his average can uptick like up 100 points in a couple of days when he really gets hot or whatever too. At least that's been in his past. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, really a lot of a lot of awesome things going on with this team. And I, I really feel uh, that we're lucky to be in the NL Central because I really – I think that we're the hands on the best team in this division from what I've seen so far and – I know people ask themselves this all the time. Has anyone ever seen someone pitch as well as Corbin Burns is pitching right now in a Milwaukee Brewers uniform as a picture pitcher? And I, I honestly can say no, not in my lifetime. I mean, the closest I mean, Ben Sheets or Teddy Higuera maybe, but really yeah. it's phenomenal. I was going to say Teddy Higuera had a stretch in 1987. And Craig, I know that you were in college around that time, I don't re- really remember it too much, but I, I did see the numbers and it was, uh, you know, he was outstanding during that stretch. Ben Sheets had games like that, you know, where he was utterly dominant, but it's hard to remember, you know, him stringing together four or five, six consecutive starts that he was utterly dominant. And generally he had an injury at some point in that span as well. And I say that loving Ben Sheets, but uh, it's, it's just exciting to watch Corbin Burns. And, you know, one of the things that is kind of brought up in the telecast, uh, you know, pretty pretty regularly is how much these guys challenge each other in the starting rotation. And it sounds like, you know, there's a real cohesiveness to this unit. And I think that it's uh, it's, it's just exciting. And these guys being the age that they are and, and still cost control for a number of years and Brewers uh, property for a couple of years, it's, it's really exciting because we can watch these guys grow and develop, um, you know, and, and you're going to have setbacks when these guys, you know, first came up, like we saw with both Woodruff and Burns to a degree. But um, it's it's exciting to see that gel uh, at this point. Way back in 1987, when Teddy Higuera was on that streak, I was nine years old and I was getting in trouble for uh, <laughs> staying up late listening to Brewers games on the radio when I was supposed to be in bed. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
Uh, totally worth it, though. Uh, totally worth it, Scott. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, Back on my old clock radio, which those things no longer exist. I was doing the same thing, listening to Euchre and Pat Hughes and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, it just, yeah. Uh, the, th- the, the other thing that I guess when I give kudos, and this is as longtime Brewer fans, all, all three of us and a lot of or all of our listeners, I assume, um, you know, how many years or I guess decades, if you want to call it that way, have have, the, have we waited as Brewer fans to for us to develop our own, draft and develop our own pitching, so to speak? Um, I mean, obviously we drafted Ben Sheets in the first round, the top 10, and he he became something. And, and Yovar Nagara was a second round pick, but Outside of in the last 20 years, just pointing that out now, not not even counting the 15 to 20 years prior to that, um, there's been very little that we've been successfully able to, you know, especially ace-wise. And now you look at like uh, guys like Woodruff was drafted in the 11th round and Carbon Burns in the fourth round. And you look at what they're doing this year and where we got those guys and how they've developed and their arsenal. It's just unbelievable to see. And, and I have to like, you know, just basically wait, you know, pinch myself to make sure I'm not dreaming that this is actually two aces the Brewers have developed in terms right. of so kudos. Well, and even, even, even Peralta yeah. too, Craig, I mean, Peralta, uh, you know, was acquired at such a young age. I think he was an A-ball when we got him and yeah, absolutely. Uh, acquired him for, for Adam Lynn. So he really did come up mostly through the Brewer system, even though he was, you know, originally Mariner's property, but um, you know, got another guy that the Brewers really developed into who he is today. Oh yeah, absolutely. Great point, Vince, as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely exciting. So, um, uh, I, I know that we're going to be tuning in just like all our listeners as we go forward through here in the season, but, uh, really cool to see them sweep go out to on a, on a road trip out to San Diego and sweep the Padres. I mean, uh, we've notoriously had some troubles on West coast trips, but, uh, I feel like that those days are behind us as we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, um, I have a little bit of a, well, it's not a big deal, so I'm not going to like overhype it or anything like that, but I had some, I had some pretty good anonymous news. Um, I'm was not going to tell you where I got it from. No, I'm not going to say, say it. I have no idea. Tom Carter? But, yeah. oh. <laughs> well, Scott, he's our anonymous source. You know, Tom Carter's our anonymous source. I mean, that's, you just, you can't not give him credit either. That's, that's, what we have to do is to cite sources and this is it sounds like it's from tom carter but go ahead all right yeah i I cannot confirm that it's from our anonymous source tom carter but um i will say this um he did say that um and this is what is disappointing now because we're taping this podcast and by the time we actually publish it like it was breaking news when we taped it but um or it was an inside information but he did say that yellow chat is mri no like no structural damage, nothing really worries, like nothing big, which is really good, obviously. Um, I tried to pin down timetable on Yelich's return, and he said it could be as early as a couple days, but they might give him a full week. So it just depends on how he feels, kind of touch and go. But I was like, oh, that's really good. Thanks, Tom. Like, <laughs> I really appreciate the, uh, you know, the inside information. But um, yeah, and you were and you, you were know. talking to Tom Carter, not Tom Hardcore, our colleague. That's clear. What? So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Tom Hardcore knows this yet. But well, I, I have no idea. He's great. Some people say he's a really bad reporter. I disagree. I think he's nice sometimes. Well, <laughs> I think he's a really well, bad social media person and a bad reporter. But 
Well, well that's fine. I mean, we, we'll send him the tip in the mail. That'll be fine. We did send him a radio card, and I think stuff. he really liked it. <laughs> I think any any journalists that obviously you know exchange Christmas cards are obviously pretty good friends and respect each oh, other. Oh yeah, for for sure. Yeah, so. let's get our Christmas card for sure. That's good. I can't remember what you sent, but I think it was a. Checklist. It might have been a 1990 Donruss checklist, and various other good. cards. But there were some. The checklists though are hard to get. Vince, you collect. Um, um, like you build out these sets. Aren't the checklists kind of a hard card to get because so many people they, just pitch them? They actually are, guys. I'm working on the 73 top set right now, and. Um, you know, I've got most of it. I'm I'm probably lacking about 50 or 60 cards at this point. And two of the cards that I'm missing are uh, two of the five checklists from that year. So, yeah, mm. it is, Scott. Okay. Oh, yeah. well, well, maybe our listeners can there you go. check your old uh, baseball cards collections, help our health fencers out. Or, or, your, or yeah. your old Christmas cards from us. <laughs> you might have it. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, that, I think that about wraps up for today's guys. Um, again, really excited about this team and uh, can't wait for us to get healthy. Uh, besides TC's great inside information, um, I know Lorenzo Cain's due back here any day also. So really excited to get our team back to full strength and then go from there. So and... guys, quick question then. It's a quick question. So with, with potentially two roster moves coming up, you know, in the outfield, who do you guys think are, is going to be sent down? I'm guessing Ooh. Taylor is one of the spots. I would but... think Taylor and Ray. I mean, just because they have options. Yeah, Ray. And they need those are two guys that you kind of want to have regular at bats, you know, because they're not. Mm. See, I actually heard something from a source that says that um, it's possible, nothing definite yet, but maybe throw Keston Hira into that mix because they might want him to make a few adjustments and hmm. the minor league level while he struggles at the major league level, not saying it's going to happen for sure, but it's been kicked around. Although According- Keston had a pretty good series in Chicago. He had three hits in yesterday's game on the Saturday game. And uh, he looked fine today uh, as well. So I don't know. Uh, it'd be interesting. He's, he's at least, you know, started to pick it up a little bit. Yeah. He yeah. may have saved himself a plane ticket. Yeah, it's one of those things. <laughs> that, at least from what I heard. Well, the guy yeah, that's already yeah. had success at the big league levels, like usually you make a move like that, you kind of it's really you really have to be sure that he needs to get those at bats down at in the minors or at the alternative site because you know you don't want to mess with the guy's confidence. Uh, you know, sometimes sometimes that can be a real big blow to to demote someone that's been at the majors for a couple of years already or whatever. But, but I mean, if he's not hitting major league pitching, he's not. So that's one thing. So I, I know that as far the last couple of days, they were probably definitely considering it, but uh, thanks TC for that information. But I really think Kesson's going to be staying. So we'll see. I didn't say Tom Carter said that. So make sure oh. that uh, all of our he listeners. Just said our source. You didn't say an anonymous source. Oh, okay. oh sorry. No, but it does kind of actually make me, um, think back to a similar situation where we had like a really young hyped rookie that was expected to do some great things, got off to a really rough start on the infield and um, sent him down. He made some adjustments. What's that? Brad Nelson. Uh, me, well, Kevin I was Darker. actually thinking of JJ Hardy. Um, JJ remember, like he was just, 
it seemed like in his first, like, I don't know, 50, 100 at bats or whatever in the majors, he was just trying not to strike out. He was just like hitting everything into the ground, like just, just hitting everything on the ground in the infield. And like all of a sudden, like figured out, he just started grooving pitches and he, he wound up having, I think more power in the majors than anyone would have expected from him as a minor leader. But that's just me. Craig probably saw that's it coming. A- I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Scott. No, and, and JJ is a guy who did develop a little slow. He was brought up at a very young age, too, whereas I think Hira, um, I have to have our interns check this, but I think that Hira had a little bit more time in the minor leagues than JJ did at that point. And the Brewers certainly didn't have the depth that we did, you know, when Keston got called up. So, uh, but I, that's an interesting comparison. I'd like to I'd like to see the stats on that. Not only that, though, but JJ, I think they really wanted up because it was like they had that core with like, him and Weeks and Prince and Braun, like they just had every, like seemed like they were just kind of bringing everybody up like at once, like it was just great, you know, like just to see yeah. all these people from the farm, like just coming up and contributing like that. But um, yeah, obviously different circumstances, but yeah, just throwing it out there, you never know. I mean, and I'm not saying like it's not even a demotion; it's more like just like a, I don't know, a hitting clinic. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'll say when he gets back. So, matters. Okay, fellows, I'm here to put on a hit clinic. All right, hopefully he puts on that clinic here at the major league level this week against the the Marlins and the Dodgers. That'd be great. As we have a nice home. Yeah, what are we seeing? What are we seeing in terms of this week here, guys? Scotty, what are your predictions for the homestand? I don't know. See, I, I, I have to hold true to this. I know this is terrible. But we are at home, but I said before most of these injuries happened that if we were 500 on May 2nd, I'd be thrilled because of how tough our schedule is to start the season. And with those injuries, I thought it'd be even worse. And yet here we are, four games over 500. This is a seven-game series. It's looking pretty good. So um, having said that, I'm going to say – four and three, but we're going to have to clean up on the Marlins. Not like, like I thought we were really going to need to clean up on the pirates. We didn't get the job done with them, but Hey, that's, that's all right. We got through it. Um, now four and three, I'd be real happy with that. Yeah. I I'm going to, I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic. I'll I'll say we take two or three from Miami and I'm going to say we take three or four from the Dodgers at home. I don't know. I could be way off, but um, I'm, I'm feeling pretty that's good right nice, now. That's a nice homestand. Yeah, I got to got to run with the hot hand. I'm, you know, I'm not thinking we're going to necessarily sweep either team. You know, the Marlins are they were a playoff team last year. They're they're, you know, not a bad team by any stretch. And you know, I think they've got some talent. So I don't think it's a, a cakewalk like it was maybe you know four or five years ago with Miami. But um, I still think that we win that series, and I think we're going to come out really fired up against the Dodgers. So we're let's let's hope for good things. Yeah, I'll say that we take two against each each of those clubs and have a nice homestand, four and three. So, um, yeah. So, all right. Well, I guess all of our listeners, I don't know if you guys want to throw out our Twitter and all that stuff. Group crew review yeah. one. Group <laughs> crew review one. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and we uh, got some eat... stuff on YouTube now, too. You got actually yeah, YouTube. Craig, plug our YouTube stuff. What do we have on there now? Yeah. Oh, a whole bunch of stuff. Well, a lot, of our, a lot of our old uh, interviews from back in the Brooker Review. If you want to check any any of the old interviews that we we did, most of them are posted up there. Um, 
free to check out. Well, Tim yep. Dillard's interview might be um, uh, not necessarily taking off on YouTube, but it actually um, might be at this point our most listened to podcast. Like uh, numbers are definitely getting a lot better. And honestly, I can't say that it's because of an improvement of anything that we've done. I think it's just because um, hopefully like a lot of you listeners are um, happy with the product and are, you know, letting other people know about it and chatting us up. And that's honestly what's doing it. So we really thank you. And we'll yeah, try harder. To, yeah, we'll, we'll try harder. Scott, I'll, Scott will try to get off of work a little earlier next time, but um, make sure to send any questions to Scott's interns at brew crew review podcasts with an S at gmail.com as well. Um, Scotty, who's got, who has the uh, sponsorship of the show this week? Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Uh, this uh, episode sponsor uh, is brought to you. I'm sorry. This episode of the Brook Review is brought to you by Johnny V's. Unbelievable establishment. It is the place to be. It is the only place you should be at. If you are in West Dallas at 3 a.m., the only place where you should be is at Johnny V's. Scott, they closed. What? Oh man, I gotta cash that check. All right. Yeah. Also, if you're in 3 a.m., if you're at, if it's 3 a.m. and you're in West Dallas, you may have made a few wrong decisions in your life. But anyway, at least you're a brewer fan. What? Thank you for listening. Oh. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> sounds good, guys. Well, let's hope for a good homestand here, and uh, hopefully, this uh, brewer's starting rotation magic continues. Looking forward to. To seeing what happens, and, and guys, it could be a very exciting season. I know it's early, but uh, you know, very optimistic about what we've seen so far. Yeah, and we will have to agree that when the Brewers do throw their no header this year, that we, we will come and do a podcast that same night. So, but Scott's 100 hectic work schedule. So, yep, yeah, we might even but, have so, to like but, we we could do like anytime it goes in the. Like there's a no hitter in the eighth inning, we could just instantly get on there and like live react to it, and then talk about it afterwards. Just like the, just like the Doug Davis Johnny Estrada trade, Scott. Yeah, and if we if we wind up like I don't know, giving up a hit in the ninth, we'll just scrap it. No one will ever hear it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, All right so well, tell you us. could get it if you sign up <laughs> with our Patreon for just That's X right. amount of dollars a month. I'm just kidding. We don't have that. We should though. Don't worry That's about a good it. Point. If yep. you if you feel like donating anything to us, please don't and donate it to someone else. Donate it to your local animal shelter for no reason. Yeah, or I'll or I'll take baseball cards on a personal level. But yeah, that that sounds good. Thanks guys. Thanks Scotty. Thanks Chad. Thanks Craig. Thanks Vikram. Go Brewers. Thanks Tom. guys. Go Brewers. All right. Thanks for coming. Stay classy. Do 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 do.